family. Appreciate that. Thank you for your singing. Great job this evening and all our packages. For those who signed up Amazing Grace and Victory in Jesus, we're singing them at the end. So don't worry, we're going to get to those. And, uh, but I appreciate everybody signing up different ones. And I even enjoy the Christmas music, though I did not sign it up, okay? So uh, nonetheless. Real quick, I'm going to share with you a thought. Lamentations chapter 3. If you find your Bibles, turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. As you do so, I want to thank whoever left a Snickers on the pulpit for me this evening. Thank you. In case I get hangry, okay? And so just as I hear preaching and get hangry, you know, okay, anyway. So nonetheless, oh, goodness. Figured that would happen. I figured Snickers would show up. Nonetheless, Lamentations number three. This is favorites night, all right? We've seen a lot of our favorites. We had our favorite choir sing and yada, 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 and so forth, okay? So it's favorites night. So I'm going to share with you. Uh, uh, it's very because time has, is fleeting a little bit. It's more of a devotional thought than a sermon, per se. And uh, it's one of my favorite from another pastor. Yeah, I've told you before, one of my favorite pastors to listen to is Pastor Adrian Rogers. And so I find his preaching encouraging and challenging. Uh, challenging all at the same time. And so I'm going to share a thought that uh, he certainly inspired something that he's written and so forth, derived from that, you could even say, uh, in that sense. So I'm going to share uh, this thought from him, one of my favorite thoughts that has often been an encouragement to you and I. Uh, many years ago, there was a credit card company that came out with a slogan, and uh, their slogan uh, was <laughs> in it really uh, caught on. People were saying it. It was catchy in that sense. They, um, those of us who increased in years, you probably remember it. It said this, never leave home without it. See, isn't it amazing how, how it just kind of stuck? American Express made that their catchphrase. And so um, I, I've never owned an American Express credit card in my life, but I know the slogan. And uh, it just kind of catchy. Never leave home without it. Now, for you and I, there's other things in our possession that we say, you know what? I never want to leave home without. Certainly a, a wallet, a purse, keys, those kinds of things. We never want to go out. Some of you, and uh, men and ladies alike probably, you never leave home without a knife in your pocket. Amen. And uh, it's sitting there. Maybe for some of you, it's breath mints. Amen. And uh, Others, it's our, our phone, right? Yeah, boy, where is that phone? I need that. I can't go anywhere without my phone. Uh, and we've gone through a year or two where you never left home without your mask, amen? And <laughs> if you want to get in somewhere, right? So there are things that, we've ne- that, that we make sure. I, I, I never want to go anywhere without it. I, I don't want to leave it anywhere. I want to make sure that I have it. And uh, we've all, we all have probably left something important like that behind, right? Our wallet, our keys, our, our mask, or whatever the case may be. We've left it somewhere at home, elsewhere, and it's proven to be a difficulty. It's proven to be a problem, uh, it causes issue. I don't know about you, but there's been times when I went to pay something and I realized I didn't have my wallet. That's quite embarrassing, isn't it? That's when I say my wife's going to take care of us, amen? And, uh, uh, but yeah, you've left your keys. You, I've gotten to church before or something like that. Somebody else, Eric is driving or whatever, one of the kids, and I realize I don't have something, the thing. I've actually, <laughs> this is sad to admit, um, there's been more than one Sunday night where I've actually come here and gotten here and realized I didn't actually have my sermon. I left that uh, there at, uh, at home because I was working on it during the afternoon and in the hustle and bustle of getting things ready. And then that's not a good thing to forget Sunday night when you're preaching, amen? And uh, yeah, so we all leave something, right? And there's things that we never want to leave, with, uh, leave home without it. And so um, when it comes to never going anywhere without one important thing, um, spiritually, uh, some of us, and I would challenge us tonight, we, we need a good reminder. We need a, uh, maybe if we could put it in an old saying I used to use with our youth group, you need a checkup from the neck up. Uh, we need to look at our thinking and to get our thinking straight about one thing. If there's anything I want, I, I, I don't want to ever leave home without. If there's one thing that I never want to go anywhere without, it's this thing we'll talk about tonight. 
When we look at Lamentations chapter 3, you, you may be able to identify with the people represented here, the Israelites. They are defeated. Uh, they are down in the mouth. Uh, there probably has never been a group of people that has felt as defeated and as uh, discouraged as the people represented in the book of Lamentations. Why is that? Well, it's because of their sin. They were carried away captive to Babylon. We know all that took place with this and, and how they were carried away. Certainly some were even persecuted, some killed, and so forth. They had gone through great sorrow, great terror. Uh, their lives had been turned upside down. They'd been ripped apart from families, family members killed, and so forth. And so this is, by its very name, the book of Lamentations here. Uh, they are lamenting all that has transpired, all that has, has occurred. They're far from home. They likely longed for their home. Many of you have maybe gone when you first went away to college. Boy, yeah, yeah we call it being homesick. Don't, uh, maybe you went somewhere else because of work or job and you were homesick. Yeah, you looked forward to getting back home. And uh, don't you think that many of the, the Israelites in Babylon were homesick? Carried away by an army that was cruel and unkind and never knowing if they'll see family members and home again. And certainly they were homesick. They, they missed the temple. They missed their families. They missed the very presence of God. The reality is you probably can't find a more heartbroken people uh, in all the scriptures. They, they certainly probably felt that God's hand was against them. And certainly in punishment it was. They, uh, they probably were hedged in with no hope for escape. Someone has once said that, and I, and I think it's a good statement, they've said hopelessness is the saddest word in the human's language. Hopelessness. Not to have any hope. Void of hope without it. Yet, as we come to this little book in Lamentations, the fact is this, there was reason to turn their hearts to God and put their hope in Him. All was lost. All seemingly in despair. There's nothing that they could do or, or, or look to and say, oh, this is one. No, no. They were in a terrible place, hopeless in a sense. And yet, in this little book, we see that the prophet Jeremiah enters their despair. He, he puts himself in the middle of the severity of their uh, predicament and their devastation. He offers some encouragement. Don't miss it tonight. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe your January has been rough. <laughs> Uh, maybe you've gone through a rough patch in life lasting more than just this month. The reality is this. They, he offers them some encouragement. He reminds them of something they should have never left behind in Israel. And I challenge you tonight. There, there may be something you're going through, and the fact is you've left hope behind. You've stopped reminding yourself of the hope that you have. You, 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 you let it uh, depart from your thinking, daily thinking. You, you don't dwell on it as you should, Christian. One of the joys of the Christian life is that every moment, every morning you and I wake up, we have great hope. We don't have to be hopeless. Notice what he says, Lamentations chapter 3. Look at verse 22 and following, if you will. Obviously familiar passage, but notice it. This it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Notice the statement. Therefore, take all those things, Israelites, take ye these into account. Dwell on these things. Meditate on this truth. Then what does he say? Oh. Therefore will I hope in him. Therefore will I hope in him. 
add all those things together, uh, consider that his compassions fail not, that is of his mercies. And, and aren't you thankful? I, I mean, I sure am thankful that the reality is, and I, I was reading somewhere this week, you know, the reality is it isn't that God's not going to allow anything um, in your life that you can't handle. The reality is this, God's not going to allow anything in your life that with him you can't handle. Catch that, Christian? Because a lot of times we want to say and throw around the verse that he will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Oh, that's true, but understand that ye are able part means that you're depending on him. Because in your flesh and in yourself, my friend, this world and this devil can throw a lot at you that you are not capable of handling. But with God's help, you can. You can overcome. So he will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but that depended upon you plugging into the strength that God affords you and I. And so is this verse, as he says, that is of the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. You know what he's saying here? Listen, this is what he's saying very simply. He's saying, hey, hope is there. Hope is there. You always have hope. And Christian, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the circumstances you may face. I, I don't know the discouragement, the disappointment. I don't know if you've been let down recently. I don't know if the devil has slapped you silly and, 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 and messed you up. And I, I don't know what's going on. But I will tell you tonight, hope is there. And if you're not clinging, if there's nothing else you're clinging to, make sure it's the hope that God puts before us on a daily basis. I find interesting the uh, if you've lost it i'd say this if you've lost your hope you need to find it again you need to hang on to it you need to have it with you at all times that the, the title of this message and kind of got it uh, put it here late so i wouldn't give it away here it is hope never go anywhere without it if it helps you remember hope never leave home without it never leave home without it never go anywhere without hope Make sure on a daily basis you're reminded of the hope that we have in God as we'll even look in this, this passage here, okay? I told you my favorite uh, preacher, and it certainly comes from my father, uh, Adrian Rogers was one of his, along with Vance Havner and some others. Um, uh, but um, I have a book in my study, it's called Adrianisms, because Roger, uh, Adrian Rogers is known for his p- pithy sta- sayings and things like that and his messages and so forth. And so I have a lot of those, and I share a few with you uh, even this evening. I like what he said about hope. Here's what he said. I think this is great truth there are only two places where there's no hope <laughs> one is in hell because when you go to hell you've no hope the other's in heaven because when you're in heaven you don't need hope and i like that i like that that's encouraging and that's true but you know what here on earth we need hope and praise be unto god we have it Israel and Babylon, they're carried away. They've lost everything. Uh, They needed great hope. And so God speaks through Jeremiah here. And I tell you tonight, you may feel like you have no hope, but here's one thing I've learned through life. Uh, Here's how you find your hope again. See, hope returns when we turn our eyes upon Jesus. See, the great hymn says it all. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Hope returns. Yeah, you don't have hope right now. Get it back on Jesus, who he is, what he's promised, and so forth. I, I love what uh, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. He, the verse before, in verse 1, he's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, by whom, also, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, notice this, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
literally is telling us and challenging us, hey, rejoice in who God is. Rejoice even in his presence. And, and uh, here's a good principle to remember. In distress and devastation, we can be filled with bitterness. We can be filled with fear and doubt, sorrow, all those things. Or we can begin to rejoice in the presence of God. His presence. Get our minds off of the, the trouble, the trial, the circumstances. Yeah, we're going through it. Okay, that is life. I, I'm the one hymn. I forget which it was, but I, I love what it says. Some toil, right? Some peace and rest. And that's part of the Christian life. It's all there. We've got to walk through the, the difficulties. We have to go through the storms at times. And yet, we are not called to rejoice in that storm. We are called to rejoice in the presence of the Lord in the storm. So there is great hope. You see, despite the pressing pain in our hearts, the problems in our lives, as for the Israelites, even there in captivity, they, what are they told? They're told to remember a simple truth that God is at hand. He's near. He is always near. Jeremiah is saying, listen, friends, hey, you're far from home. You're far from the temple. You're far from Jerusalem. Remember, the temple represented the presence of God in their minds. And so they feel like they've gone to the end of the earth. They, they, they feel like they have just been uh, discarded, left, and, and maybe in a sense you know, God has turned their back on them. Jeremiah writes to them, no, 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 no. God is still near. Wherever you are, God is at hand. He, he is your help and your hope. And as we see in Lamentations, Jeremiah speaks to that group. The reality is they chose to change their perspective. And, and here's the proper perspective. Proper perspective, uh, it wasn't rejoicing over their problems, but rejoicing in God's nearness. Not, not rejoicing over their troubles and problems, but rejoicing over God's nearness. Again, I, I'll say it. I, I know what some folks are going through. I've had texts today and things of people who things have happened to them. They're going through things. Family members going through things. And I, boy, it just seems that we're all going through a lot. We're all facing different troubles and trials and challenges and things. My friend, I, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you to rejoice in your trouble, but I will tell you to rejoice in the nearness of your God in the midst of the trouble. And boy, that is a whole lot of hope as we face any trouble or trial. He's there. He's going with us. That, that proper perspective. Here's another of the Adrianisms that Pastor Roger shared. He, he makes this statement, a good reminder. God is not here to keep you out of trouble. He's here to go through the trouble with you. And so it is. Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't matter what I face, what, I, what I'm going through, my God is right there with me. However sick you are, whatever kind of agony you're in, how discouraged you are, the fact is, well, how does Paul put it in Romans? Nothing, 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 nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can. Well, I'm going through this. Nothing can. Oh, Pastor Henry, I've really made a mess of this situation. Huh? You may have, but nothing can separate you from the love of God. And my friend, there is great hope in that truth. Great encouragement for whatever you and I are facing. Christ is right there with us. He's always there. Now, interesting, Jeremiah goes on. Look at verse 25 and 26. Just a simple thought. We'll be done. Verse 25, notice it. The Lord, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Verse 26, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now, let's remind ourselves, this, this biblical word for hope, and as we know it, it, it doesn't mean maybe, it doesn't, I, perchance, I hope so. We, we will use that in that sense, right? We'll say, oh, I hope such and such will happen, and yet that's still uncertain. 
Okay, um, there are many, many children and probably a good number of teachers hoping for snow days this week. All right, that's a hope. Okay, but as we find out in Michigan, they may forecast 10 inches, you may get 1.5. It happens, right? Okay, so we understand that. That's a, I hope this will happen, or whatever the case may be, all right? And uh, we hope next year the Detroit Lions will win the Super Bowl. You know, those kinds of hope that are almost certain. Uh, (laughs) No, no, that earthly hope is not certain, right? We get that. The biblical, though, is quite different, right? It's a, as we would put it, it means certainty. Uh, it's an assurance based on the Word of God. And I, I like this thought of it. It's a, uh, hope means a certainty combined with anticipation. I love this. You know why? Because there are certain times that I, <laughs> I, I hope things will happen, okay? There are times that I'm working on a car or I'm working on my house and I say, I sure hope this fixes it. Now, I'll tell you, that does not come with any certainty, <laughs> The way I work on cars and things like that, all right? There's no certainty behind it. I'm, I'm literally saying, boy, I really hope this, uh, but there's no certainty, and I don't get my hopes up, okay? When we say, boy, I hope this happens, I hope we do this, we don't get our hopes up, or we try not to get our hopes up because there is no certainty. But my friend, when you and I read of hope in the Scriptures, get all the hopes up you want to because it's a certainty that should be accompanied with what? Anticipation. I like that. It's good certainty combined with anticipation god wants you to get your hopes up for every type of hope you read of in the bible the hope of his coming the hope of heaven the hope of everything that he's promised that one day you'll see your god face to face get your hopes up take it with you every day look forward to it why because it is a certainty combined with anticipation get your hopes up that is the, the thought behind what we read biblically. Uh, how would we put it in terms of, uh, of our statement? Well, here it is. There's something I know is going to happen based on the word of God, and I can hardly wait for it to happen. Get our hopes up. Aren't you thankful tonight that you can get your hopes up about being in heaven? You don't have to say, man, I, sure, man, I hope I'm going to heaven, but I'm not sure. My goodness, how many times we've knocked on a door and we, we brought up the subject of heaven and somebody says, and we ask them, hey, if you died today, where would you, would you spend eternity in heaven? I like, mean, I sure hope so. And you know the hope so they're talking about is not a no-so. They don't know. The biblical hope is not there. But how good is it tonight if you and I pillow our head and we close our eyes and we take our last breath in the middle of this night that you and I have a hope of heaven? Tonight, we can hope so, and we can anticipate, and we get our hopes up, because you know why? Every single one of your biblical hope will come to fulfillment. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up, Christian, because you and I have a promise from God. It's a place where another one of uh, Adrianism comes in, and I like this one, too. God's promises are not mottos to hang on the wall. They are checks to take to the bank. Cash them out. They're guaranteed. God wants you to take that hope with you everywhere you go. I like that truth. Peter at Pentecost, he, he quoted the psalmist David. He said this and uh, there in Acts chapter 2 and verses 25 to 26, quoting from Psalm 16, he, he made this statement here. For David speaketh concerning him, that's Jesus Christ, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Notice what it says. For he is on my right hand, that I shall not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice. My tongue was glad. Moreover, and I love this statement, also my flesh shall rest in 
Man, I, I look forward to the rest of heaven. I told you that before. I, I, I am, the older I get, the more I realize that I want to join Paul and say, I will gladly be spent. If everything in this life I have, I can pour into the service of my king, I'll do it. But boy, I sure am looking forward to getting to heaven and resting. But I like what's said in this verse. Even here on earth, there is a rest to be found in the hope we have in Jesus Christ. There's a rest to be found today, tomorrow, this week. You can find rest in the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Well, I hope spiritually you find that this week. I hope this week isn't just a drudgery for you. I hope it isn't just a I'm making it through. Yeah, we're pilgrims. It's a difficult path we're on. But even in the midst of that, you and I, our flesh, can find rest in hope. Uh, can we add another description of hope? What is hope? Hope is simply faith in the future tense. <laughs> hope is simply faith in the future tense. I know this has happened, and I know God has promised it. I know it's going to come to fruition. And we are reminded that, hey, this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and, be, uh, and rejoice and be glad in it. Every day is a gift from God. We are reminded that from Jeremiah here, his compassions are new every morning. And then in Psalms 86, what, what are we told? God daily loadeth us up with benefits, with blessings. God has a brand, a lot, or load of brand new blessings for you today. And aren't you thankful that there is a God in heaven who says, I'm going to bless you today. He daily loadeth us up. He, he, daily, he, he daily bestows upon you blessings and me blessings. My goodness, what a great God we serve. You know what, Monday, we often dread Monday, okay? Getting up and going to work, starting off the work a week and so forth and things like that. But my friend, not only tomorrow do we have hope in what lies in the future and Jesus Christ returning and taking us as the, the bride to, to be with the bridegroom. And oh, that's wonderful. But you know what, you have a hope of tomorrow that many people don't. God in heaven is going to load you up with benefits tomorrow. One way or the other, in one form or another. He's going to load you up. My, we serve a great God. We have much to hope in and be thankful for. You see, we are apt to forget the blessings, even though they come daily. We, uh, he has been faithful to us, as, as even he says in this passage, great is thy faithfulness. My friend, God has been faithful to you and I with a great faithfulness. We'll see it every day. We continue to do so. Paul, as he wrote to Timothy, he, he, he liked to often write of the hope of the future. We know that. And, and uh, he, he, he writes of the hope for the future that we can take with us wherever we go. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse 14 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, he speaks of the, the, the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then he says this in verse 15. He says this, speaking of Christ and his appearing, which in his times he shall show. Who is the blessed and only potentate? I love that ruler. He's the ruler of all, the potentate. Uh, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You know what's describing here? And it's a, it's a great verse. My, my goodness, friend. Can I just remind you of the hope that you have that one day your Savior, your Lord, will sit upon the throne of all the world on this earth? Oh, he certainly rules and reigns even today. We get that, but the reality is this world is not all there is. You and I are pilgrims and strangers, but one day, one day, we, the bride of Christ, will we be with the bridegroom. Satan, that criminal and our great uh, tempter, he's going to be thrown in prison, amen? What a day that will be. And the king, the king will be on his throne. 
you and I have a good hope today. Our king is coming. The king returns. It's a hope. It's a certainty that ought to breed within us that anticipation. Adrian Rogers made this statement. He said, the groans we endure are temporary. The glory we expect is eternal. That which we hope in. Jesus is coming to rule and to reign. And so, you know what? On a daily basis, you and I can say, I have hope. Tomorrow morning when we wake up, I have hope today. Oh, it isn't necessarily that the day will go perfectly well because chances are it'll go south quicker than we think sometimes. But I have hope in Jesus Christ. And most importantly, I have hope in His glorious appearing. My friend, can I just tell you one day, listen, there's some of you who you, as you sit here today, you've said goodbye to a loved one. They've gone on before you into heaven. And you have, you have said it, maybe you have written it, maybe you have shared it in tears, but you said, I can't wait one day to set my eyes upon that loved one again. And my friend, I'll tell you, based on God's word, that hope is a certainty with anticipation. Now, greater than that, one day you and I will put our eyes and lay our eyes upon our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a certainty. If you've trusted in Him as your Savior, my friend, it's a certainty that should be combined with anticipation in our hearts. Can I just remind you tonight as we go out into this week, take hope with you. Never go anywhere without it. Remember all the reasons you and I have to have hope. And can I tell you something? This week, would you get your hopes up? Would you look forward every day to the possible return of Jesus Christ? My friend, the reality is this. I, I look forward. This may sound silly, but I look forward to this truth. The day is coming when you and I will spend our last service in Fostoria Baptist Church building. It may be the Sunday. Jesus Christ could come back this week. And our hope will be fulfilled. As Adrian Rogers said, boy, I sure do look forward to the day that you and I go to heaven and we have no need for hope. We have reality. That's why you and I can sing victory in Jesus. Let's grab our hymn book. Join me in standing, if you will. Pastor Aaron and the pianist will come, Miss Nancy.